0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen.
1: Uh, Good morning. Welcome. It's, uh, wow, November, November 1, 2018, um, in a subdued. Still grieving, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm, uh, I was just telling Amy, I, I, <laughs> I don't really, I don't, where's all this talk getting us? <laughs> is what I'm wondering. Why? I feel so powerless. I feel still so angry, but the anger now is just like, it's just, I don't know what to, I'm not kidding you. uh, I'm not sure what I want to say. I'm um, frightened. I'm frightened because so many of my country men, I'll go back to the old locutions, so many of my country men don't see the dark forces that are playing them and playing out in our country right now it's not subtle (laughs) so the fact that they don't see that there are so many people who don't see that we are on the precipice, and that the outcome is not certain at all. There's all those warnings from the past and from those long gone about those who fail to know history. end up repeating it. And that feels very much to me like what's going on here now, as astonished as I still am about it. The cynical, overt manipulation of people's anxieties and fears And manipulations, not by truth, not telling people there's reason to be afraid because this really is happening and you're in true danger, but the manipulations of making people fearful by lying to them about the threat. And for one reason, to scare them into voting <laughs> for you and yours i have said for as long as i can remember that this is a uh, this has been a tactic um of the republican party for as long as i can really as long as i can remember they always had to have a scapegoat a boogeyman I mean, and throughout my life, I watched as that boogeyman was the black person. The boogeyman was gays. And I remember that the political pundits would always call them wedge issues, that Republicans engaged in wedge issues. (laughs) What does a wedge do? It divides. It's not surprising that the largest fear-mongering episodes in our nation's history can be traced back to Republican politics from the McCarthy era which ruins so many lives based on lies, rumor, accusation, and I will say a lot of anti-Semitism. So you cannot be a good person if you... Consciously choose to manipulate people for your own gain in this way through terror and where reality doesn't give you enough, enough ammo to do the job, you just then make things up out of whole cloth and it is that aspect of this that has put us in a place that is so frightening to me. You know, there's – history tells us uh, that demagogues, dictators, fascists have always used these tactics, and history tells us that they work. History uh, does not tell us that we are immune, we are no different than – human beings anywhere else, so using fear and anxiety as a tool to retain power or to gain power and to divide a people is nothing new. As I said, any student of history can see how it played out, and has played out, and it's never a pretty picture. But it's a very effective weapon. And it's science, (laughs) then, that explains why that is true. There are umpteen studies that show that if you take a perfectly relaxed, normal, even progressive human being and subject them to fearful image, terrifying images, to even ruminating about their own mortality, they will become frightened, and they will become more malleable. Because of things that actually go on in your brain. (laughs) It becomes simple chemistry at that point. You've all heard of flight and fight or flight. It comes down to something that basic. A sense that I'm in danger, I have to survive, what do I do? And whether it is in fact a threat like a gunman standing in front of you or a political candidate standing in front of you and warning you that mobs and invaders and very bad people and murderers and rapists are coming and I'm calling out the the military you might scoff but that is not the reaction of millions millions of others who become terrified Threatening language, science will tell you, threatening language can directly activate the amygdala. You got one. We all got one in our brains. And when the amygdala is activated, people don't think straight. They are aroused. They are emotional. And they do not think before they act. It's the old reptilian brain you've heard about. And so even after, this is the frightening part. Even after, 11 of our own were slaughtered while worshiping less than a week ago. Our president has not for a moment ceased in his language intended to sow Fear. Fear against the other, the immigrant, coming in caravans. What's so amazing about this is we now know that the man who killed those innocent people was motivated to do so because of the caravan of invaders and he was going to kill the enemy before it killed him. I'm going in he said. The enemy. Old Jews at prayer. Where did he get that idea? How were those old Jews at prayer connected to this invading horde of men, women, and children desperately seeking asylum and a life? There are no Jews in that horde. Ah, here again, a lie peddled by the right even by the president that it's a rich old Jew who is financing the invading horde. Make no mistake no one is financing those poor people They are relying on handouts from good people along the way. They are on foot. They have no shelter. But if you live in their reality, the things they read on the Internet, the people they listen to on the radio and on Fox News, they are being told these already terrified people that george soros and they don't have to be told he's a jew because it almost always says jewish financier george soros stop and think about that because i don't think the Koch brothers are there's that adjective in front of them, Christian financier, the financiers, Koch. You, you get that? No. Coke, I mean, Coke, brothers. So Soros has been singled out to play the role that has been played by many Jews in the past, and that is the <laughs> caricature, evil, manipulative, rich. Jew who is somehow responsible for all of the bad things happening. <laughs> I mean, it, it's hard for me to even like try to tell this story they tell themselves because it is, it's more ludicrous than any f- fairy tale. And yet, boy, this story has some staying power. It doesn't go away. It just keeps coming back. And so, just yesterday, after he came and laid stones on the stars representing our murdered neighbors, he had the gall to again repeat invading. Caravans, financed, Soros, it could be. It doesn't take a lot of intellectual rigor to connect. And this is what angers me about people who say, oh, you... to connect the motivation for the slaughter that happened on Wilkins Avenue directly to the words of our president and others who enable him. The fear-mongering worked because some people, when they're scared, act. The other thing that President Trump does and has done even before he was president is also a playbook directly from the Holocaust. And what he does is whatever group he's targeting, he takes away their humanity because you can't go out and kill as easily if you recognize that that enemy is a fellow human. But if the enemy is less than human, that's easier. So Trump has said, these people aren't people. Do you remember that one? These people aren't people. They are animals. Vermin. Verbs like have to be eradicated, coming right out of a pesticide commercial. Louis Farrakhan just flat out says he's not an anti Semite. He's anti, what did he say? Roach? Some insect. Yeah. This is overt, dehumanizing language. <laughs> and again, if you know your history, You see where, if it isn't stopped, where it inevitably leads. Listen to a scientist who studies the human brain. Both science and history suggest that people will nurture and act on their prejudices in the worst ways when they are put under stress, pressured by their peers, or receive approval from authority figures to do so. that's where we are. There's a long story about George Soros, this uh, menace to the world. In the uh, New York Times today, he's an 88-year-old man who survived the Holocaust as a child in Hungary. He hid in plain sight as a Christian child, which is the way that uh, many Jewish children were able to survive. You, did you hear that? If anyone wants to go to Hansel and Gretel, get over here. He's Rodney, uh, Rodney in the other room is handing out free tickets. Um, let me just get a few emails and then I'll go to a caller. I do want to get back to um, Pastor Kim writes, words fail. I could only offer a broken heart, horror, outrage, and a vow to pray, to march, to vote, to speak, to resist, and to cry with you, the whole Jewish community and every decent human being, indeed. I have to tell you, walking um, Tuesday through Squirrel Hill, I walked from my home to the Jewish community center for oh yeah. the f- the funeral of Jeffrey Rabinowitz and i was numb but on the way i encountered people who i m- knew a bit vaguely knew and every time our eyes would meet me and someone who arms would open and I was enfolded in so many hugs Mm. on the way by people who I barely knew and by some who I knew better. It meant so much. It meant so much. Ah, yes, Kurt sent me a quote that, Brian O'Neill had in his column today and by the way in his column he also said he's he's taken a break I can imagine (laughs) as you know he he's he's taken a leave you know it's hard to keep doing this stuff especially over at the Post-Gazette where the morale is just awful but he quoted the great Old CBS newsman Eric Severide, who said this in 1964. 1964. The biggest big business in America is not steel, it's not automobiles or television, it is the manufacture, refinement, and distribution. Of anxiety and I don't know the context of that quote but my guess is it would have been involving a political campaign that's my guess let me get some of the callers in uh, we have a few lined up caller go ahead Yes. Good morning, Lynn. Hi. Good morning.
2: It's it. it, Hi. It's a page right out of Goebbels playbook paraphrasing that if you tell a lie often enough, people will begin to believe it.
1: Absolutely. Yes.
2: Sadly. Um, And the only other comment I really want to offer is that, you know, uh, and again, uh, borrowing some of my friends in uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, they have this Expression where they talk about people who are, constitution quote unquote constitutionally incapable of acknowledging the truth, and if that doesn't um, apply to this man, I, I, I don't know what it, it. I don't know what is.
1: The frightening thing. That's really all. Yeah, but I, I just want to say that yes, but what's yeah. more frightening than his. Uh, absolute inability to uh, to deal in in reality and truth I mean he's just casual in his lies um is the people by the millions who swallow it and even will acknowledge on occasion oh yeah we know he's lying uh, that th- it's they who frighten me more than Donald Trump it is they you know, uh somebody pointed out it isn't like Hitler personally killed, you know, 6 million Jews. Sure. But but he sure set it all in motion. It isn't at any time you see this kind of thing building up. It is at the top that the tone is set, that the permission is given, that the wink and the nod occur. And it's those people that carry it out. And so when I look at his base at those rallies, my blood runs cold. And I was thinking the other day, the word base, (laughs) we're always talking about his base. You know, base means bottom and these people to me represent baseness his base it's it, an apt you, word you
2: you, you you wonder how all of those people who so fundamentally live their lives in fear can even function day to day
1: you do wonder you know
2: it's it's just they're they're just they're they're pervaded with uh, with anxiety and fear all day long, and it just then becomes such a, such a. Um, uh, what word wh- am I looking for? Such a petri dish for, uh, you know, for for just all of that's this right. kind of stuff.
1: So that's right. He sets the, he okay. waters the petri dish. He he fertilizes it, and he just watches as, yes, they it grows and grows, and this to him constitutes victory. He, it, it is amazing. Absolutely. It is amazing. I thank you so much for your call. Well, you, you take care. You too. Bye. You take care. Bye-bye. I will. Bye. Um, we have another caller. Long story. Hello. Hi. You're on. You. Yes, you. Hello. Hi. 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 Hi.
0: Hey, Lynn, the, the sad thing is, too, is this, this guy has enough people in this country that are dumb SOBs. That'll soak. Believe this hook line and sinker, and that—that's the sad point. After all this BS going on, <sighs> my wife works with this one woman. that's a Trump supporter. She comes out and says, "Obama's a racist." That's what she says. I said, Where, "Why does Obama get into this?" That I just—and that's kind of dumb SOBs that are out there. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. But what I wanted to say is Trump. With this nationalist shit, he's he's enhanced, he's encouraged all these hate groups. The studies show how it's gone up since he's got an office. Way up. He is a message of hate, and that's what he is. And he's encouraged, and he's given everybody a license to go out there and kill somebody. And that's what the bastard's done. And he, he, his people don't realize it, but he's no damn good. He's a lousy businessman. He's just no good at all. He's a whore master, whatever you want to call him. The guy is terrible, and they don't realize it. Yeah. That's all I have.
2: I know.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a nice day. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. The Post-Gazette did some uh, interesting reportage, which also I found chilling, about the killer, whose name I have never mentioned and whose name I will not. It turns out, and this is what I'm unclear, he may have worked in this building at one point. When I first started doing this show from here on Smithfield in cahoots with Pittsburgh City Paper, it was part of Steel City Media. That's a radio uh, organization generally. They have radio stations. And I was one floor below where I am now, where the studios are, And the studio I was doing my show from for the first, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years used to be the studio that Jim Quinn used. For those of you who don't know, Jim Quinn has a talk show. It was called Quinn in the Morning. Um, It was also called, like, The War Room. He peddled the usual uh you know right wing conspiratorial fair, along with his uh female compatriot rose tenet um it turns out that the killer whose website was onedingo.com was also billed, his website was billed as, quote, a backup site for the War Room Audio Archives. So bookmark it, said the killer, and then go here for the shows, and he gave Quinn's uh, War Room Archives. Anybody who wanted to go back and get a little dose of hate from the past, he was... Doing it now, I read that and I thought, What the Quinn, by the way, now is on the internet like me. <coughs> um, he's got still a pretty sizable audience. Um, I, you know, hate works, but the Post Gazette, Pittsburgh Post Gazette, also found that in 2000. Uh, according to uh, things found on warroom.com the site's sound guy was Rob with the email address warroom at one dingo dot com that's Rob is the killer unsurprisingly Jim Quinn could not be Located to uh, talk about his former sound man, and archivist. Uh, nor could Ms. Tennant. Uh, so, strangely, there you have it. I don't know if Quinn was up there in 2000. He very well may have been. Uh, I don't know if the killer actually came here as his sound man. I don't know if he was ever employed by Steel City Media. I have no idea. But the conflation of Jim Quinn and this guy is not surprising to me. I go back quite a way with Quinn in that we both used to be also at WTAE. He was at the FM station there. I've known him and worked around him since the early 80s. Not surprising. Well, you know, you call your place the war room and you have devotees and as his devotee sound man said just the other day, I'm going in. So archived internet records uh, clearly show that by 1999 and through 2006 the killer was peripherally at minimum associated with Quinn in the Morning and his war room and that in fact he was the sound man. Um what else I don't even know where to start. Oh, I thought uh, uh, Brett Kiesel, uh, Pittsburgh Steeler. Is he still on the team? I don't follow it a- anymore much. Is he still on the team or did he retire? Doesn't matter. Uh, known for his beards and his football. Uh, went uh, to the funeral of the Rosenthal brothers On Tuesday, as did uh, Mike Tomlin, the coach, and a whole bunch of other players, uh, because uh, the murdered brother's sister uh, worked in uh, marketing and public relations for the Steelers for years and was much loved. And Kiesel tweeted something that I want to share with you, um, because I... I think it's just a wonderful Native American tale of human nature of who we are and how ultimately we are the masters of our soul we decide in which direction we will go and so Kiesel simply tweeted this without comment It's a little story. One evening, an old Cherokee told his grandson about a battle, a battle that goes on inside people. He said, My son, the battle is between two wolves inside us all. One is... An evil wolf. It is anger, envy, jealousy, doubt, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride superiority, and ego. The other wolf is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, forgiveness, truth, Compassion and faith. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, Which wolf wins? The old Cherokee simply replied, The one you feed. There it is, the one you feed. And you you see how Donald Trump, his base, his enablers, Fox, Jim Quinn and his ilk, feed the evil wolf because they are empowered then Gail Collins said something I thought was just right on the money talking about how okay we have these unbelievable things happening in the country the pipe bomber the slaughter here, and this president can't stop running from rally to rally where he laughs about his hair and maybe he should postpone the rally. This is the day of the killings where he makes jokes, where he plays a song, happy when we are in deep mourning. And she says, he has been worse than useless. But she gave him this. His rhetorical high point came when he went to the synagogue where 11 people were murdered and didn't say anything. Thank God you realize he came here, and he didn't say anything. That's a leader. The day after the murders, the slaughter, he was egging his base on, and he said, you know, I might tone it down just a little bit. And that was in honor of the dead. And his base screamed as one, no! And the president laughed. And said, I had a feeling you might say that. I don't know. Uh, what else? God dang. Um... Oh, this might not upset you. When I saw this, I went ballistic. But this is something only a Jew would have uh, would have had that reaction, beyond all comprehension. In the wake of the slaughter, the massacre, our vice president taking a cue from his boss was out on the campaign trail and he went to Michigan to talk up a Republican candidate for congress there and he introduced a rabbi To offer, I guess, a prayer. Uh, the rabbi, I don't know if I have it here. Um, well, Pence called Rabbi Lauren Jacobs, quote, a leader in the Jewish community. So I guess this was his way of honoring. The Jewish dead by having this rabbi. This was no rabbi. (laughs) This was no rabbi. This so called rabbi got up and prayed in the name of Jesus the Messiah. Jews do not believe. This is what separates us from Christians, probably why one of the reasons we're so hated. Jews do not see Jesus as the Messiah. Any so-called rabbi praying to Jesus as the Messiah is not a rabbi. It's, I mean, it, it is beyond comprehension. And let me tell you, this, Jews, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, conservatives, even secular, any Jew who saw that story went ballistic. How do you even find? And then it turns out, listen to this. Later news tells us he was ordained by some kind of a group called uh, Jews for Jesus, which every once in a while hands out pamphlets in Squirrel Hill just to annoy and anger the Jews. And um, it turns out that he was actually, whatever they do in that group, he was like defrocked 10 years ago by the pretend Jews. So he was a fake, fake rabbi. He prayed, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, God of my Lord and Savior, Jesus the Messiah. Wow. And for this he said, this is for those who were mourning their Jewish brethren. It is beyond offensive. So let me. I I've been mixed up about about how George Soros came to be. This person that now represents all of the tropes of the anti-Semites. The rich Jew. Manipulating people and uh, probably eating Christian babies for breakfast. It it is uh, remarkable. Uh, The president's son, Don Jr., uh, retweeted a claim earlier this year that George Soros was a Nazi. Uh, Rudy Giuliani retweeted a comment saying that Soros is the Antichrist and all his assets should be frozen. A taxpayer-supported media outlet, Radio TV Marti, which broadcasts pro-United States news to Cuba, also aired a report in May that said this, Mr. Soros, a multimillionaire Jew of flexible morals, was the architect of the financial collapse of 2008. That came out of our government, blaming George Soros for the 2008 collapse, which was caused mostly, of course, by the United States government and its refusal to regulate the banking industry, the mortgage lending industry, the capitalists. George Soros is detested in all of the parts of Eastern Europe which are turning to the right. He's pretty much been banned in Hungary, his native country. He is uh, detested in Albania and Russia. He's perfect for the anti-Semites. He's a banker. He's a Jew. He gives to Democrats. Perfect storm for vilification by these people. And what is the terrible thing that George Soros does with his money? And he's got money. He tries to build democracies around the world. You remember the Solidarity Movement in Poland, Lech Walesa? Soros was instrumental in financing that. He has personally contributed a ton of money (coughs) to all kinds of charities and groups that do all kinds of good stuff. I want to remind you of in the waning days of the 2016 presidential election, an ad that went up, and I remember being so astonished by it. It featured George Soros. It had his head. It had Janet Yellen, the Fed chief's head, It had the chief executive of Goldman Sachs, Lloyd Blankfein's head. And the ad talked, the narrative was talking about global special interests who enrich themselves on the backs of working Americans. And as the Trump campaign is saying that, to the people it's trying to get to vote for him. It shows pictures of Jews in power. Janet Yellen, head of the Fed, George Soros, financier and philanthropist. And use the word global, special interest. Understand globalist is synonymous with Jew. Understand that. Putting New York in front of anybody. Jew. Okay. The National Republican Congressional Committee ran an ad in October before the election suggesting that Soros, who was shown sitting behind a pile of money. Bankrolls everything from prima donna athletes protesting our anthem to left wing mobs paid to riot in our streets. This is untrue. This is untrue. But you say to the people you're trying to. F- make a little more anxious. You see this rich old Jew, this globalist, this antichrist? He's behind those black players kneeling. He's behind the mobs in the street. Those are called Americans engaging in their First Amendment rights in both cases. The president, just Friday, when supporters at the White House responded to his attacks on Democrats and globalists, the president said when his, later appeared in front of one of his base rallies, he laughed and grinned when they started chanting, lock em up, and some yelling, George. Soros. Here's what George Soros has done. He supports groups and individuals seek, he really was, uh, really used a lot of his money to help bringing down communism. Uh, He was very, very uh, much um, supportive of Ronald Reagan in that regard. In Hungary, he distributed photocopiers to universities and libraries as a means to counter government censorship there. He paid for dissidents in the East to study here in the United States. He funded work for destitute Soviet scientists. He paid for free school breakfast for Hungarian children. He set up a college there, which the now Trump-loving autocratic leader, Orban, has attempted to shut down. He funded drug reform efforts in the United States. And it was in the 1990s that Lyndon LaRouche, do you remember that? creep, Lyndon LaRouche, far-right winger, is the one who decided to start pointing out this George Soros and saying that he was a shadowy figure in a Jewish cabal. Lyndon LaRouche was very clearly a fascist uh, who ran for uh, president a number of times. You'd be surprised who supported him. And all of these kinds of things were on the fringe. They've, all, they've been there for a long, long time. They stopped being on the fringe when? Yeah, 2016, when America elected a president who saw that this stuff could keep him in power, maybe Forever. Used to be some crackpots on the right, and now it is mainstream. You have Republican congressmen, you have the president, you have Fox News, you've got everybody, George Soros, George Soros, George Soros, he's doing everything. If something bad is happening, George Soros, George Soros, the Jew. One tweet in the Kavanaugh thing, Trump blamed Soros for, he said, funding the women who approached, as you'll recall, Senator Flake in an elevator and were screaming at him. Trump tweeted, Look at all those professionally made identical signs paid for by Soros. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. This is classic playbook anti-Semitic fascism, and it's being played at the highest level of our government. Incredible. Uh, Barbara lets us know that while I've been talking, a block away from here, the shooter has pled not guilty and, uh, he requested a jury trial. Uh, Henry writes, those people at Trump's rallies may be his base, but those people don't look at all like my college educated neighbors, who are also his base. All, Henry says, of my neighbors, all of them are Trump supporters. And they proved that again last night as they all gathered in my driveway to hand out candy and regurgitate Fox News. I they in your driveway. I just don't get it. Well, <laughs> I don't. Bob says, did you see? The video of Katie Kay's Heather Abraham breaking down in tears. I did not. As she read the names of the victims as part of her intro to Pittsburgh today live on Monday. No, I did not. Um, he says I don't recall anyone doing that on Pittsburgh TV before. Well, that's not true. Um, I know I broke down. I don't know if I count. Um, I I lost it totally on my radio show, uh, which was streamed, so I was on camera. I don't know. Totally lost it when uh, my sister's, my, when my niece. Susan's daughter's boyfriend was blown to pieces in Iraq. And I had talked of him, to my audience, a lot because he was such an extraordinary young man. And so my audience had come to know him by my talking about him and what I'd learned from the war because... He had was there, and then I had to tell them that he had been killed, and I. I'm sure whatever ever Heather Abraham did, she was much more composed than I. I, you know. People do break down, and why not? Why not? If you don't cry about this? I don't know. Oh, this is a great cartoon. I'll lend on it. Um, uh, Milton has sent me a cartoon. It's an American soldier aiming a assault rifle at a little brown girl. Obviously part of the caravan. and he's standing at the US border and the little girl is looking up at him and she says por favor señor, is this the home of the brave? Brilliant. And it's why I've said I can't sing the national anthem anymore because I choke on that last line, the home of the brave, scared out of their minds by little children invading. Extraordinary. That's it for me. I'll be back tomorrow.
0: Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lincoln Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City paper or its advertisers.